Ladies and gentlemen, you know what that sound means. It means it's episode 201 of the Personal Arrogance Podcast, brought to you by the Bald Move Network. I am one of your hosts. My name is Eric Walquist, and joining me this week, as he does each and every week, is the other host of the show. His name is... Oh, I'm Jesse Stank Hands Wilson. Stanky Hands? Old yeah, I need stanky new work hands. gloves. Do you need new work? Is it from your work gloves? Is your stanky hands? Yeah, I put my gloves on mm. and work for a little bit in this mm. hot, hot sun that we have here in Washington right now. Yeah. Take those gloves off. I'm like, ooh, that's tangy. Well, uh, so it's weird because it's been super hot, but you and I both went camping this past weekend and we got rained out. Oh, did you get rained out as well? Well, we didn't uh, We didn't wuss it up and leave. <laughs> I do understand that you have a baby, which I'm sure plays into the equation. <laughs> that was anyway. a major factor. Yeah. Also, uh, well, how rainy was it on your end? It was, it was mostly just rainy at night. It okay. rained during the day, but we went to the ape caves, so it was like rainy, but it was inside a cave. So I was about half an hour from... North America, in fact, the world's only temperate rainforest. Right. So it was rainy as fuck. <laughs> it was. It w- this was no light drizzle. Let me assure you, we got. It was raining so hard that at night I kept waking up. Oh, I woke up. the The rain woke me up for sure. The beating rain on the uh, the tent. We were. I woke up because we were like under a bunch of trees, and I was like, "Oh, this is good," because like the trees will catch the rain right but they did catch the rain and then they dropped it i mean huge droplets so <laughs> we'll get to the middle of the night to the sound of rain and then the sound of like huge droplets dropping on the tent as well shaking the whole damn thing so did you did you spend two nights yeah oh nice drying out the tent it's probably dry now yeah mine mine's drying out at the at, at as we speak but yeah mostly our decision was made because russell nisha yeah. She had a great time. We got there early on Thursday, went to the beach, the, uh-huh. the sandy beaches of uh, the Washington coast. Right. She went just total wild the whole time, running nonstop, getting super dirty. She saw some big kids like running to- in the ocean, you know, like <laughs> yeah, getting like the waves over their feet. And she was like, I'm doing that. It's like, uh-huh. oh. We had to, like, run out and try and rescue her and corral her, because all she wanted to do was, like, run into the ocean. Like, a riptide's going to take my baby. She swam to Canada. Yeah, exactly. We had to go to Canada and get her. Right past the appropriately named Destruction Island. Yep. And But, no, like, uh, at her site, she was just, like, running around, playing in the dirt the whole time, and she was having a great time, but then when it was, like, just a muddy, rainy mess, it's like, well, maybe I shouldn't let her just be a mud monster. Botulism. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Trying to avoid the botch. <laughs> the old botch. Yeah. Yeah, that's I, I think it's kind of hilarious that like all of the islands and stuff in Washington are named after like this will kill your boat. Yeah. It's like Deception Pass, Destruction <laughs> Island, Cape <laughs> Disappointment. Right. It's like well Cape Disappointment point is defiance because... even. Like yeah, I exactly. defy you to s- boat near this point. <laughs> Exactly. It's like, fuck you, boats. <laughs> fuck you and your boats. We got nothing but rocks. Deal. <laughs> That's also Deal another thing. It. I don't know what it is, but on my phone, uh, whenever there's a weather advisory, it gives me a like, red exclamation point, but it's always small craft advisories. I'm like, how many people is that relevant for, <laughs> phone? Like, how many people are like, you know, damn it, I gotta take out the 24-foot Catalina tonight. <laughs> 
And then you're like, oh shit, the small craft advisory. How, I mean, how rich do you think? Maybe, it, maybe it's my demographic. Maybe I got a rich man's phone. They think you're a Bainbridge Island. Yeah. Did you buy your phone in Bainbridge Island? <laughs> They're like Google Nexus, huh? Small craft advisory for you, sir. <laughs> Don't take the yacht out today, Sir Wellington. <laughs> exactly. More like a paddle boat. Anyway, how was your week? You said you had a, uh, how did you describe it? A wet and wild time. Wet and wild time. Well, I went through Forks for the first time since the Twilight craze, which was interesting. Also, so we were down in southwest Washington, down by Mount St. Helens, and we passed a town. I can't remember what it's called. Hopefully it'll come to me. But then they were like, a Twilight town was on the, in the town on a billboard. Oh, really? Yeah. And they had like the logo and everything, like a Twilight town. That's so funny. Because yeah. Forks, you know, Fork, uh, Twilight mm-hmm. takes place in Forks. Mm-hmm. So it had this whole boom economy right. based off of Twilight tourism. And the, the whole town was like Twilight tours. Native to Twilight was one of the shops. Another one was like Bella's Band-Aid Station, <laughs> which was a novelty store. Like, I just don't even know. I kind of love it because like Vampire Bites. Yeah, no, I'm sure that was part of the factor. Mm-hmm. And but then it um my my favorite was like you drive, you know, Forks is a small town, you go half a mile down the highway from the center of town and like you pass the uh like dilapidated mobile home parks and someone was selling, you know, <coughs> roadside firewood for the campers mm-hmm. and it was Twilight Firewood. Love it. Love that. And twice as expensive. The piece to, no, it's only four bucks a bundle. Oh, that's pretty that's good. So yeah. I think five is standard. <laughs> five is standard. Yeah. But the piece de resistance was the local radio station was ninety six point seven. Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to start with a K. <laughs> no, just just ninety six point seven Twilight. Wow, I like the I like the <laughs> idea that like they uh, in the Twilight firewood they like put a bunch of uh, sparklers in it. <laughs> So it's like magical. Yeah, but yeah, then like I, you drive home. I was driving home past like uh, Port Angeles, and Port Angeles, one of the hotels, still has a reader board that says "Welcome Twilight fans." Still in Port Angeles, which is only tangentially related. <laughs> You're not even a real Twilight town, Port Angeles. Yeah. So wow. so that was fun. But then I got sick. Yeah. Which you're saying is going around? It's going around the summer sickness. I'm trying is to it avoid a, it. Like a is it a is it a flu or a cold? I don't know. I don't know. Everybody's saying they're getting they're getting like the gamut of symptoms that I know so, who have gotten this thing. Yeah, I'm. I either have like a low grade flu or a massive overachiever of a cold. Yeah, like people at work are like, I'm exhausted. I'm achy. I got a sore throat, runny nose. Also, uh, I think it might be cold mixed with allergies because I have allergies and my allergies are awful right now. Yeah, like, I got so I got like sweating, um, mm-hmm. like the sore throat, sneezing, coughing, phlegmy, mm-hmm. bad headache, yep, uh, fatigue mm-hmm. with just just a dusting of diarrhea and vomiting. Excellent. Oh, yes. you were kind of sick last week, were you? Or was I know it two weeks it's ago? bad, but yeah, this as as I mentioned before to you that this this cold is the sampler platter of misery. Yeah, 
It's I, just a tiny bit of everything that makes me feel horrible. Well, I, I mean, you do have, like, the take-home version of the CDC in your house, which is a baby. <laughs> but, you know, she's not interacting that much. Like, Yeah, but think about it. Her immune system sucks. Like, your immune system has had, like, nigh 30 years of fortification. Hers is Zippo. Well, hers should be fine since I opted out of all her vaccinations. Vaccinations. For vaccinations. That's true. If you would have if you would have vaccinated, you would have had a real problem. That's I couldn't even get through that sentence without like <laughs> flubbing it because I'm so appalled by anti-vaxxers. But moving on. Yeah, I know. Well, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I actually uh, had a very I've had a very serendipitous day. Like really? Yeah. For some reason, I got like down. I was on the bus. I was surfing on my phone. I got down a rabbit hole of flat earth theories. <laughs> yeah. And then I was listening to a Ironically, podcast. you can't really have that big of a rabbit hole when it comes to flat <laughs> earth theories. Because it would just go right through. Well, then I then I was listening to a podcast and somebody started talking about flat earth. And I was like, this is weird. Yeah. And then I was on Facebook and you put Wizard of Loneliness as a status update. And then I'm watching Hulu Plus right before the podcast. Nathan for you comes on, and then Wizard of Loneliness happens. Well, that's where I got it from. I know, but I, the, <laughs> when that moment happened, I was like, "Oh, that's hilarious!" Yeah, God, isn't that so funny? It's a great show. You have no friends. You're a Wizard of Loneliness. <laughs> well, the funny thing about that is, like, that's not scripted. That's just something that that guy calls people. <laughs> Wizard of Loneliness. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> I cast a uh, fireball of loneliness. Oh no, That's the ultimate spell. Forty-six of loneliness. Oh, it repels forty-six of your friends out of your <laughs> life forever. That's four hits to your charisma. Oh no! Immediately. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, doing well. Uh, I'm really excited about talking over your coughing. Yeah, so sorry. You, no, I'm the human cough button, dude. You just do what you need to do, right. and I will fill the time. So that's our deal it's, for the it's night. It's when I start laughing, I start coughing. This is oh, it's, okay. It's akin to my proudest achievement ever, <laughs> which is, I mean, the birth of my daughter, Russell Nisha, is a close second, but right. it'll it it doesn't quite match the time that I made Jordy laugh so hard that he puked. Oh, I thought you were talking about a a rare cough sneeze cough cough sneeze laugh. Mm, no, it's not that. Yeah, Jordy, but uh, come on, making Jordy puke is not that big of a feat. That's true, and he had whooping cough at the time, <laughs> but still, my joke caused the human to barf. I mean, the man has a gag reflex of, uh, I don't know, of, 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 a, of, a, of a mother eagle. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, pulled that one out of my nest. Okay, uh, Jesse, what are you drinking this week? I'm drinking Porter from work. I actually meant to snag one of my homebrew CDAs and forgot, so I'm kind of bummed out about that. Well, I'm drinking Dos Equis again because it's hot. And when it's hot, it's Cerveza season. When it's Cerveza season, grab a Dos Equis, named after the turn of the 20th century, brewed for over 100 years in the Mexico place. <laughs> And I uh, just want to remind everybody, this episode's brought to you by the 2014 Keys Rando. There you um, go. All right. Step into a slightly used 2014 Kia Sorento. <laughs> 2014 Kia Sorento's great pricing right now as the 2015 models come out. Please contact your local Kia dealer 
for details. Have you seen this, uh, the Gig Harbor RV commercial? No. <laughs> it's this guy is like, they, they canceled our lease so they can build a mini mall in Gig Harbor and we have over 200 <laughs> acres of RVs that have to go. I just love the small business guy who oh, over-explains the reasons <laughs> why they're having a sale. I feel like that is a nightmare situation, to have, like, 200 RVs on your hands and you gotta move out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, they man. sold their lease to a mini mall. It's like, we okay, sh- I don't need the extra info. <laughs> we sold our lease. We got a great rate. Our real estate agent was named Jack, and he took 3.5%. <laughs> but you... then he screwed us bad, Jack. Yeah, but Jack really screwed us. So we're <laughs> passing the savings on to you. Mm-hmm. That's only topped by... I haven't seen this one in a while, but the that uh, we stripped our prices naked commercial. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. It was like a stereo shop on Aurora oh, in Seattle. Oh, I do remember what you're they're talking about. They're like, we stripped about. our prices naked. And they're like holding... Um, car audio equipment over their groins right and i just saw them like i know they packaged that up like they <laughs> sold they put that back in the boxes and sold it like they hadn't yeah. just covered their junk with it well they're all about the package apparently mm-hmm. they also have a big sign that says uh we'll install <laughs> we install equipment that wasn't purchased here <laughs> aka stolen equipment yeah have you i've seen that shop Going up to Jordy's. It's sketchy. It is very sketchy. It looks like it used to be like a local music shop, and then it was like a homeless den, and then it was a a stereo place. Yeah, basically. Oh, man. Anyway. there you go. See, were you the one? Do you remember that uh, like little secret society place that was by my house up on 95th? Were you the one who was intrigued by that place? Secret society? Yeah, it had like, it didn't have a sign, it just had a weird symbol. On no, the door. And there was always, was, like, a dude sitting out front. No, I that wasn't me. I never knew that. Someday you and I have to take a video tour of Aurora and put it <laughs> online for personal arrogance. We should do a live cast where we just walk around Aurora and oh, talk God. about it. And Aurora. then get mugged. <laughs> yeah. Aurora, the part of Seattle no one tells you about. <laughs> I like to think that Jesse, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and they're always talking about L.A. They're always talking about L.A. neighborhoods and, like, this place outside of L.A., blah, blah, blah. And I feel like you and I are doing that for the for Western Washington. Yeah, possibly. Somebody's we got Bremerton, like, Gorst covered, Gig Tacoma. Har- Gig Harbor, Gig Port Townsend, Port totally. Angeles. Yeah, yeah. This, killing it. We're definitely creeping outside of the Seattle bubble. Love it. Speaking of creeping, we got a phone call. Uh, <laughs> bad segues make good podcasts. And uh, this one comes to us from somebody. I haven't heard it yet, so let's listen. Hey, guys. Eric and... Hey. I forgot how to speak a little bit for a second there. But hi, Eric and Jesse. It's Michael McBride here. Forgetting how to speak English. But, um... I haven't seen it yet, but have you? I know that you guys probably are going to talk about it. Maybe I don't know the new Transformers movie. And I just thought, if you were a giant robot, what would you want to transform into? And I am very tired right now, and I'm going to go now. Stay here. Back. (laughs) 
Yeah, I've felt like that lately. I feel like Hollow Earth. He's being sucked into Hollow Earth. Oh, no. He doesn't even know what's he's happening. He's gone down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Michael, thank you for your Virginia accent once again gracing our podcast. So dedicated, Michael is. Like, yeah, He's exactly. calling in even when it's when he's tired. Let, when did this come in? Let's let's take a look. It's time stamped. 2.11 a.m. Michael said, I got to get Damn. my phone call in. I'm calling. And I... I don't know if this, uh, I don't know if this, um, uh, adjusts for time because there's a good possibility that this was at 511 because he's yeah. in Virginia. So, Michael McBride. Warrior. Like, warrior podcast champion. American Ninja Warrior champion. So, so, Jesse, I know you probably saw it two or three times. What did you think of the new Transformers movie? I just wish it were like four or five hours longer. Well, that's what I was thinking. It's like, I mean, Optimus Prime could have his own miniseries. Mm-hmm. And if they just want to cram that miniseries into a regular movie, I'm good. I mean, were you big with the explosions? Because I was big with the explosions. I, I thought, if anything, not enough. That's what I thought, too. Just because, like, halfway through the movie, I was like, I, I'm a little afraid we're not going to have enough explosions. But then, like, the ending was really explosive. Right. Literally. <laughs> so, I don't, but I don't, the question is, does that make up for the lack of explosions in the middle? I don't think that you can ever forgive a, 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 a plateau of explosions. No matter how many you cram into the last 10, 20 minutes, like, that doesn't make up for the lack of explosions around minute 188, which yeah. is the me- the median minute. Well, it was, I think it was about 182, because I would oh, okay. stop watching it. That was when I really felt it. I mean, think about it. We're, we're coming up on 4th of July. You're watching your display. Are you are you a finale guy? Or are you like middle of the road? Uh, this is like a chance that they're taking on this song. But the florals are beautiful type of guy. I'm more of the florals are beautiful. I want a, I want a beautiful floral Transformers movie. I don't really need, need the uh, the ending. I'm right there with you. So what did how did you, what did you think of what did you think of the twist? Oh, you like when he twisted his torso and became a car? Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. Uh, like how they twist their limbs and torsos. Yeah, they twist and heads. Yeah, and exactly. Turn into cars. They twisted it, they turned it, they they um it they was popped it. They they, they pulled it. Mm-hmm. They <laughs> they passed it. <laughs> they flicked it. That's what I was trying to say. They definitely did flick. I mean, when he turned into a a bop it, that was that was the moment. (laughs) Yeah, the Hanson cameo. Yeah, where there was the Hanson robot Mm -hmm. who turned into the bop it. Exactly. That was that was probably my favorite moment. So I mean, um, twist it, turn it, pull it, and bop it. Just pop, yeah, just bop it, and he bopped it, and then it blew up. It was beautiful. Yeah, it's a fireworks display. Um, so I think overall five stars. Yeah, out of like four or three, maybe. Yeah. Um. So go see Transformers, like we obviously have Edge of Dawn, and <laughs> just see the the question is here: If you were a Transformer, what would you turn into? Kegerator. Yeah, I thought. I was I was thinking bottling machine for you. Ooh, bottler. Ooh, ooh, ooh man, bot- I actually like that more because you could be the bottler. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, the auto bottler. Bottling machine, like it. Yeah, I I think I would just turn into Safeco Field. <laughs> like I would be that retractable roof. Exactly, I'd be a baseball stadium, <laughs> and then I would be a transformer at the same time. That's awesome. That would Love actually it. be pretty awesome, Michael mm-hmm. Bay. Copyright Eric Walk was twenty fourteen. <laughs> 
So, Michael, thank you for calling in. We got a ton of feedback last week, and I think that uh, people are on the feedback hangover. But if you want to give us a call, leave us a voicemail, please do. 360-362-0024 or shoot us an email at personalarrogance at gmail.com. Jesse, let's do a little time at roll-off. Get this show on the road. Let us. We're each going to roll a 20-sided die to see which podcaster gets to speak first this week. Jesse, I have an analog die this week. Okay. But I have still been Two. on a streak here, so... Let's let's make this happen. I rolled a nine. Fourteen. Oh, what the? <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? This isn't even my purple die. It's a you got that Mariner Soto mojo Dude, going on the right mojo now. Mojo is mojo, and I know you want to talk about it. So my first po- uh, topic is the Seattle Mariners. No, I'm just joking, Jesse. Do they still say Soto mojo? Uh, yes, I do. Okay. It was more of a 2001 to 2003 thing. Their, their yeah. slogan now is true to the blue, which is mm. w- weird. And it's been their slogan for two years. Like, they were like, this slogan rules. And then they came up, the next year came around, and they were like, all right, we need a new slogan. We're like, no, guys, this slogan rules <laughs> true to the blue. True to the blue? I like, I prefer real to the teal. <laughs> I think that's a little better. I like that more, too. <laughs> anyway, Jesse, I want to start off the night tonight by talking about games. Here we go. Finish him. Okay, so I, Jesse, I, I know that you know that I am currently in two Dungeons & Dragons groups. I thought you had three active characters going. I had three because... What was my third one? I don't remember what my third one... I, I had three because... I think it was because I was planning the one-off that we did. Ah. Uh. So, uh, so yeah. I'm in, I'm in two. I've got Selbo Yellowknife, who is my halfling wizard, who is in the Evera campaign, the one that you're running. And then I have uh, Lilith. What's that? Never heard of him. Right, and uh, <laughs> and then I also have uh, Lilisand, the Dwarven Druid, who is in my other campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, so those, that's with my friends on my softball team. But one of the guys on my softball team decided he was going to send this link out. He said, next time we play Dungeons & Dragons and roll characters, we have to pick from this list. io9 posted this last week, and it is the 24 most embarrassing Dungeons & Dragons character <laughs> classes. <laughs> I'm excited for this. Yes. 24. 24. Most of these are AD&D. Did you ever play AD&D? I sure did, Eric. When I started playing Dungeons & Dragons, that was the current edition. Can you give us a snapshot? Like, I don't know how you... You know how I started Dungeons, playing Dungeons & Dragons because you were my intro. But I want to know right. how you got hooked on the drug. Uh, through my Uncle Bill, mm-hmm. who was... Uh, and my cousin Brandon, who was a year older than me. I was in seventh grade when I started playing. Uh-huh. And um, we played in this, like, family-friendly group where there was, like, four or five adults plus, like, four kids. Wow. Around my age. And there's one kid who was, like, two years younger. God, no. There, there were, like, those... There's those two brothers, me and my cousin, and then two other brothers, and then a like four or five adults. I mean, it was wow. Now that I think about it, it was like a massive group, but it was yeah. kind of just like a 
a chance for people to come and bring their kids and have kind of like a loosey-goosey fun campaign. And it was AD&D? Yeah, it was AD&D. Do you remember who your first character was? My first character was Jess Man, the human fighter, who uh-huh. died in a in a tournament. Uh-huh. And then my next character was Jess Man Jr., the yep. human fighter, who died. Uh-huh. And then I had a uh, gnome cleric who I played as that character for the remainder of the time playing with that group. Yeah, my, and my first D&D character was Algork the Half-Orc. Yeah, there you go. Uh, who started a Blood Bowl team and a pottery business in the city. Yeah. And bought a boat that was on land. Yeah, that and that campaign was actually like the the seed that this current campaign I'm running grew from. Nice. Oh god, if I ran in dude, if I ran into Al Gork at some point, I might have a Al Gork and Al an Al Gorknasm. Al Gork might be in politics right now. He could be. Uh, so anyway, so these are some, uh, these are some of the most embarrassing classes. Most of them, like I said, are from Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, which was, I believe the, it's, it's basically second edition or is it second edition something different? No, it is the second edition. It was just Dungeons and Dragons and then Advanced Dungeons and Dragons Mm. came after that and it's considered the second edition. And then there was 3.0 and then 3.5. Yeah, 3.0 was a fucking disaster. And and then and then there was 4.0, which edition. was again a disaster. And now this fall they're going to be coming out with D and D next, which is the next version of that. Right. But we play D and D 3.5 because we're purists. To the one in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So Jesse, here we go. Number one, fighting man. In the original Dungeons and Dragons game, there were three classes: magic user, cleric, and fighting man. Those were the original Gary Gygax characters, which I wow. think is very similar to your fighting man. Yeah, Just Man Jr. was definitely a fighting man. Uh, number two, Beggar. And AD&D really gave you the options to willingly play a beggar. Beggars had recommended skills like seamstress or tailor. So you're apparently you're just unemployed. They had, <laughs> they had to be chaotic in alignment. It was suggested they were... Like the inherent immunity to cold and heat traits, or they take the inherent immunity to cold and heat traits. That's a very interesting uh, thing to apply huh. to that class. Yeah. Uh, we have the peasant hero. Um, <laughs> they <laughs> the peasant hero class, which looked pretty good in comparison to the beggar. Uh, why this needed its own r- rule set was just kind of letting a character play heroes who also happens to be poor. So that's your peasant hero. Arctic Druid, which I personally like the cold classes. Uh, do you know what the def- the Defiler is? It sounds familiar. I think they might have turned this into a monster. But it, apparently, okay, in the Dark Sun campaign, which was like Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, but with magic instead of technology, there were Yeah, evil- I played a Dark Sun character. I played a mule, which was a half-human, half-dwarf. Okay. What what was Dark Sun? Was that just a supplement? Yeah, it was like a campaign setting. Well, we all know that Stormrack is close to my heart in the Darfellon race. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but they were evil wizards called Defilers. They sucked energy out of vegetation and other living things nearby to gain magical powers. Uh, 
You have the anchorite, which is a real term for someone who has withdrawn from the real world to stay in one place and focus on their religion and spiritualism. Most of these just sound like really specific versions of like fighter, wizard, or cleric. Yeah, yeah. They could be prestige classes. The one I really like here is barbarian fighter, which is a fighter and a barbarian, but it sounds like a barbarian or somebody who only fights barbarians. (laughs) A barbarian fighter. Uh, we have a clown in what? the Forgotten Realm supplement of City of Gold. You could willingly choose to play a clown, which combi- combined the least cool parts of thieves and bards <laughs> and did away with all the cool stuff. Uh, so if you wanted to be able to tumble around and entertain but not steal, backstab, or influence people with your music, you certainly are a fool. <laughs> oh, man. Clown campaign is coming up. Oh, boy. Clown campaign one-off. Um, I kind of do want to play like a juggalo gang, a juggalo clown <laughs> oh, no. gang in Evera. Can you, yeah, why don't you have us encounter that gang so we can beat them down? <laughs> I would. They're wielding hatchets, baby. Are you Are you prepared for the dark carnival? I'm, we- I'm wielding a fireball wand. Uh-huh. That's almost yeah, completed. Yeah, but they're wielding the, um... Fucking fireball wands, how do they work? Their sheer disbelief dispels all magic items. It's technically a psychic power, but it works. I think disbelief is a standard action. <laughs> Fucking fireballs, how do they work? Yeah. Good point. Good point, clown posse. Chaotic clown posse. Perfect. I guess they don't work. Now I can't use this item. Thanks. So apparently the City of Gold supplement was pretty weird because there's it featured a new type of magic called fetishism. Oh boy. Uh so it's <laughs> cuz you know what happens when dungeons and fetishes come together uh in dungeons and fetishes. Then you get a uh, show photo shoot. Oh god. <laughs> oh man, bald move humor. I love it. <laughs> um okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so you could be a fetishist, which I assume is, like, mus- uh, magic based around items? It must be. Which it is- must, I mean, because they're playing off of Dungeons & Dragons loves to be like, ooh, it's a fetish, hoo-hoo-hoo, by which we mean the literal historical version, which is a small worshipped item, you know? Yeah, it's basically voodoo. Yeah, or like a shrunken head or something. That voodoo that you do. Uh, Unicorn Rider. From the elves Love of that class. <laughs> Sign me up for that one, please. From the Elves of Evermeet supplement, which features the results of a brief period when Lisa Frank was bought brought on as an advisor. That's a joke. I think that is a joke, but I love the El- Unicorn Rider. God, it would actually be pretty badass if, like in Lord of the Rings, they like called on an army and they rode in on unicorns. And they're like, probably did in the Silmarillion at some point. Yeah, they're like, "Fuck you! We have unicorns." <laughs> uh, are unicorns <laughs> immortal? Are they mortal? Yeah. Yeah, in D and D, they're just kind of like rare horses with horns. Okay, I was curious because, like, aren't they supposed I think to be- they have some magic spells and stuff, but they're not immortal or anything. Love it. Uh, number eleven, a dandy. Which was from the Ravenloft supplement, Mask of the Red Death, included a great many new character classes for the horror world, of which Dandy was hardly the worst. In that game, Dandy was a noble, 
that could wield social influence and has a large income, none of which matters when you could be eaten by a vampire practically any moment. <laughs> I'm a dandy, and as a, <laughs> and I, <laughs> I take rich as a class skill. Mm-hmm. Can you please roll me a rich, rich check? Please roll me a rich check. Yeah. Do you, does this does the small craft advisory apply to you? Roll me a rich check. Uh, mm. <laughs> Turns out I have a large craft. I'm fine. Uh, lab- My yacht is very large. Yes. <laughs> uh, also, we have the laborer. You can be a laborer in Red Death as well. It's like a dandy, except you had no social social influence or no money. Sounds great. Thug. That sounds like a pretty good one. Yeah. You can kind of roll up a thug in 3.5 fairly it's easily. Basically, just a fighter, right? Yeah. Uh, pest controller, which came from uh, it was a class That's kind of Selbo Yellow Knife. Yeah. Yes, I guess so. <laughs> I am a halfling wizard who summon who was in his past life used to summon not in an actual past life, but before he got exiled, summoned. Uh, creatures at, at a petting zoo for orcs in the orc district. Right. Specifically, you did have a penchant for bugs. Yeah, fire beetle. Yeah. The uh, pest controller. Exactly. Who is a pest? Uh, mostly because at low levels you can only summon pests. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> the rabid response rider. This is almost as cool as the unicorn rider. This was a dwarven version of cavalry, which would have been much better. Name given the rapid... Oh, I, I, I read that wrong. It's not rabid response writer. It's rapid response writer. So basically a Pony Express. Uh, you have the... I'm just going to read through the names here. You let me know if, if something pops up that you like. Uh, the Goblin Sticker. Okay. The Mouse Burglar. All right. The... Which I guess is like a cat... Oh, it's a cat burglar, but it's a gnome or a halfling. Okay. Uh, the mine, the mine rowdy. I'm curious about that one. It comes from the complete book of humanoids. Uh, the point where TSR had clearly run out of ideas, but was going to churn out as many supplements as they could. Enter the mine rowdy, which is a fighter who'd specialized in working in mines and beating the prisoners who act up or try to stop working. That sounds great. Yeah. Uh, Lost Druid. Okay. Okay, a pacifist. <laughs> oh, let me hear about this. <laughs> uh, so you can't say this Druid class is a fighter. So it's a Druid. So it's basically just a hippie. Right. Who doesn't want to fight at all. Uh, is it, so, but ADD, so it's a game focused mostly about murdering things. So you get more experience points as you get more powers. If you're able to murder more things and taking their gold, so you can get better equipment in order to be more efficient at murdering things. However, pacifist druid ever advises, ever advances past first. Oh, sorry. How a pacifist druid ever advances past first level is beyond me. (laughs) Apparently they're not really role-playing. Uh, mountain man. That sounds awesome. Um, but apparently it's just a forest hobo. A uh, paladin of slaughter. Uh, how about urban druid? <laughs> I think that's kind of a pest controller. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, those are your classes, and uh, I, I don't know, man. If you could create a, a, a Dungeons and Dragons class, like what what would your ideal class be? 
Um, geez, I don't know. That's that's a tough question. I've never really thought about it. If I asked you to roll a character right now, what would you pick? Uh, what would I pick? A cleric. Oh, really? Why? A cleric is the ultimate. I can do everything by myself. Character. Mm-hmm. Because he can wear as much fucking armor as he wants. Right. Get his armor class way up there. Right. And has pretty good ability to hit things with a blunt object. Yeah. So it can, like, get up into combat and actually do some damage. Exactly. And can heal himself and, like, have a bunch of utility spells also. Yeah, exactly. And it would be fun to roleplay, too. I think Eric the Cleric needs to, be, needs to happen pretty soon. <laughs> Me playing Eric the Cleric? Sure. (laughs) And I'll be Jesse the Mountain Man. Yeah, the thing about Advanced Dungeons and Dragons is I want to say it might have come out in the early 80s, but I want to say it came out in like 77 to 79 or something like that. Well, basically, so this is kind of the history of Dungeons and Dragons (laughs) is that it was created by Gary Gygax for TSR, which I think was located like in Minnesota or something, like Midwest. And then went to AD&D and then had its AD&D phase and then was bought by Wizards, which made... Yeah, well, that's the thing, but there's a a long period of time between AD&D and when Wizards buys it and creates 3.0, and TSR went bankrupt. Exactly. And uh, Dungeons & Dragons became a cultural phenomenon. Yeah, absolutely. But they just... They couldn't run the business well enough, and no. they kept trying to pump out all these supplements, and he gets stuff like Mountain Men and Mouse Burglars, and like they were never able to really successfully manage the asset that they had. Right. And you got all this weird shit, and then nothing really happened until they went bankrupt and got purchased by Wizards. But you gotta say Unicorn Rider, right? I mean, that's that's like the one good idea. Yes. <laughs> Well, anyway, those are your classes. Jesse, can't wait to play. I think it's on the calendar of the next Evera campaign. <laughs> so I'm very excited about it. Well, you got some uh, unicorn hatchlings to catch, I guess. Love it. And I want an Algork. Anyway, Jesse, what is your seco? Or what's your first topic? First topic is science. If today we're able to create two-headed dog with six legs, is it possible that a similar creature existed thousands of years ago? And I say yes. Great stuff. Great stuff. Great stuff. So, Eric, science fiction writers have come up with a plausible scenario for a floating city above the fiery planet, which is, of course, Venus. Venus. Coming from CityLab.com. Love it. So they're thinking Venus, not Mars. Okay. And there's reasons why. So So, Wait a second. So they want to build a floating city above the surface of Venus that humans can inhabit? inhabit? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So why worry about building a colony on Mars when instead you could float one high above the surface of Venus? Science fiction writer Charles Strauss recently revived the idea of building a Venusian colony when he suggested, cheekily, that billionaires ought to uh, be compelled to donate massive humanity-improving projects. He suggested, too, a Manhattan project-like focused on developing commercial nuclear fusion or the construction of a floating city on Venus. 
Mm-hmm. So the air on Venus thins out as you rise above the surface, obviously, and cools considerably. About 30 miles up, you hit the sweet spot for human habitation, Mediterranean temperatures, and sea-level barometric pressure. If ever there was a place of building a floating city, this would be it. Scientist and science fiction author uh, Jeffrey Landis presented a paper called Colonizing Venus at the Conference on Human uh, Space Ex Exploration, Space Technology, and Applications International Forum in Albuquerque. Really rolls off the tongue. Yep. Back in 2003. Good old N-A-F-F-A-H-A and A. It's the C-O-H-S-E-S-T and A. I F in Albuquerque. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you nailed it. Mm -hmm. Breathable air flows to Venus's soupy carbon dioxide atmosphere, which means on Venus, a blimp could use air as its lifting gas, the way terrestrial blimps use helium <laughs> to float in our much thinner atmosphere. So basically, we can make a little air bubble that we can live in. I guess I'm. I don't know if they're supposed. They're thinking you live inside of the bladder. Well, because like that's the problem is the is the the gas, right? I mean, if it's not oxygen and nitrogen mixed together in a delicious cocktail we call air and drink in it every second of every day, I don't understand why the temperature even matters. Because if you're in a like a glass ball, you could just make the temperature whatever you want it to be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> refuted. <laughs> Uh, well, let's, let's see what they have to say. Okay. They say atmospheric pressure is crucial. Word. So think of the difference between jabbing a car tire and letting air out of a half-inflated balloon. Okay. Gases seek equilibrium. Since there's barely any atmosphere on the moon or Mars, a rip in the hull of an enclosed human habitat would suck oxygen at a tremendous force. Yep. 30 miles above Venus, it would merely seep out. This means a Venusian cloud colony wouldn't need as much reinforcement. Venus has other boons, too. Its rich atmosphere blocks radioactivity and could be mined for useful minerals. And with gentle temperature, far less energy would have to be spent on heating or cooling. That's what there's, so it's an energy thing, Eric. Okay. I, I guess I could see that, because, like, like, if you're in your car, I don't know, man. Like, think about being in your car. And it's like 68 degrees. So you don't need the windows down. You don't need the heat on. You don't really need the AC. But you still need some kind of air. I don't know. Just I guess it would still have air moving around. Well, yeah. No, let's take this analogy. Uh-huh. So we're in this car. We don't need the windows up or down. Right. And uh, we're, we're feeling comfortable in it. Versus... um. We're in the car in Phoenix in the summer, and it's 105 outside, and we have to be constantly pumping in the AC. Yeah, I guess you're right. And if you open the window, everything's horrible again. So this As soon as you open the door, everything sucks. <laughs> it's basically why we live in western Washington. <laughs> exactly, because we, we choose to get rained on on our camping trips. Yeah, for the lack of uh, air conditioning. <laughs> yeah. I guess that makes sense. I, I'm just trying to envision, like, is so this would have to be inside some some kind of floating capsule. Like, it couldn't be open yeah. air like Cloud City. No. The, okay. it, 
it would have to be in some sort of floating capsule. Hmm. But, I mean, you could go outside if you had a spacesuit on. Well, I mean, anybody could do that. That's a good point. It's just so interesting to me because basically, uh, you know, uh, Mars and Venus are like our our triplets. Like we're we're very similar planets. We're just at different places in our distance from the sun. Right. But the idea is that you know we're all moving further away from the sun over time. And you know, there's a theory that Mars was once where Earth is now, and that at some point Venus is going to be where Earth is now. Mm. So we're just like our triplets, and we're going through our phases right now. Like we are in our mature phase. Right. Mars like- has become the geriatric parent that needs a lot of help, <laughs> and Venus is the hot button toddler <laughs> who is volatile. And Earth is just right. Yeah, Earth is just right. You know, we're we're planning for our four hundred one k. We're very happy with our <laughs> with our lot in life right now. We feel like we got to take care of our geriatric parents a little bit, meaning Mars. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. So we go over there on the holidays. We visit every once in a while. We'll do a flyby visit. Yeah, we'll do a flyby. Maybe send the send some good wishes in the in the form of a rover. Let's do the. <laughs> Hey, mom and dad, I bought you. I, I know you're sad about us moving out of the house, so we bought you a dog. <laughs> but technically, you moved out of the house <laughs> first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it'd be great. We could we could start early. We'll just inhabit Venus, and then uh, exactly and then by the time it gets to the sweet spot, we got the early steak. That's we claimed what I'm our steak. We are the Sooners of the universe. I am a Venus colonized fan now. <laughs> Do you know what the surface of Venus looks like? A blasted hellscape. Yes. It looks like the end of a Michael Bay movie. <laughs> looks like the end of Transformers 4. Lots of fireworks. <laughs> well, this is cool. I mean, so are you so are are you now for Venus colony over Mars colony? Oh, definitely, especially if we can just float up in that atmosphere. <sighs> Fuck yeah, Cloud City, USA. I just Harvest thinking... all those sweet, sweet gases <laughs> and minerals That's with true. cheese. That's true. I mean, I, I would just be really nervous about the thing falling out of the sky onto the molten uh, surface of Venus. That's the thing, though. Equilibrium. It won't crash out <laughs> of the sky. It'll just float down slowly. Like, I have enough anxiety about flying to Denver. I don't need to <laughs> have my whole existence floating against a certain death. Uh, I mean, I live in a place that's I wouldn't vol- recommend space colonization for you. Yeah, maybe then. not. I don't... <laughs> I mean, I was thinking about this when I was... So we went to these places called the Ape Caves on our camping trip, and we did the Upper Cave, and in the Upper Cave, you have to climb over 27 rock piles. And these rock piles are about 20, 20 to 30 feet tall. So they're like these little pyramids of rocks you got to climb over. And some of them are pretty big, and at certain points, climbing over these rocks, I'm like, so if there was an earthquake right now, this boulder would just fall on me and I would die instantly. And I'm like, too, too, you know, I'm a mile and a half into this cave. There's no way to get me out of here. But you just got to deal with that anxiety. I feel like that anxiety would just be like a hundred times higher if you were floating above a molten surface of a foreign planet. Yeah, you could think about that about literally anything at any time. I feel like if there was an earthquake right now, I would be pretty safe. Well, not earthquake, but there's always something. That's true. There's like those people who, who uh, 
There was a so like the last domestic air airline crash happened in the early two thousands, and it was in Buffalo, New York. And this lady was just sitting in her house, and a seven thirty seven landed on it. Yeah, yeah, Done. or like the fucking MythBusters were like, "Let's do some cannonball myths," and like blew a hole in someone's house. That's true. That could be the end of you, because MythBusters well, wanted to <laughs> see like, uh, is the myth true that a cannon can destroy this guy's cranium? <laughs> myth confirmed. Plausible. Oops. Plausible, guys. Plausible. Yep. It went through six frozen pigs and blasted my head into smithereens. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Plausible. Now, now this anxiety is just going to hang over me for the rest of the show, so. Now the point is, whatever. <laughs> you can die at any moment. Deal with it. <laughs> I think we have a new tagline. The point is, Whatever. <laughs> All right, well, speaking of that, let's move on to our little tiny trivia. Uh, we're going to be doing Genius 1 of Trivial Pursuit. I'm going to be rolling a six-sided die to see what category we will do this week. That category is number five, Science and Nature, Jesse. Keeping it rolling here. You ready to go? Yeah, I just tore, like, my pinky toenail. I get the baseline, like, 90% of it across <laughs> the way. I can't. I can't do it. It, do, it doesn't hurt or anything, but... Uh, just chop it, man. Get that thing away. Wow, chop it is, it. like, almost completely off. Okay, pinky toenails, first of all, almost obsolete. Yeah. At this point. The we, pinky toe in general. Yeah, I mean... There's so many things that I'm just like, why? And toes are one of them. <laughs> Like, a flat duck foot, like, think about it. Dinosaurs were like, we're going to be dinosaurs. And then they were like, fuck it, let's be birds. And when we're birds, we're going to give ourselves duck feet because they're fucking awesome. I would Why take a duck, duck foot, foot, for sure. I, yeah, I'd take a duck foot. I'm not I'm talking not like a... I'm not gripping anything with my fingers, my toe fingers. Oh, come on. It's weird, too, that, like, your, th- your, your foot thumb, like, turn into just, like, a straight, huge toe. It's, like, way yeah, bigger than weird. all of your other toes. And then, like, I'm not even talking about, like, a duck foot, like a webbed foot. I want a duck foot like Donald Duck foot. Like, just a straight-up foot, no toes. Yeah, like, completely enclosed. Exactly. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Anyway, science and nature speaking of. <laughs> Jesse, who flew for 43 years without a pilot's license? <laughs> flew for 43 years without a pilot's license? I'm sure a few people have done this. Um, who's the guy who got his baby stolen? I'm not going to help you. Oh, come on. Uh-uh. The Lindbergh. Charles Lindbergh. I'm going to go with my Uncle Joe. Uh, stalwart of the Bremerton International Airport. Oh, yeah? Really? No. Uh, Orville Wright, actually. Oh, funny. Hilarious. Gotcha. All right, this question is for me. What letter is on the left end of the middle row of letters on a typewriter keyboard? Left end of the middle row. Uh, oh, I have a computer right here. It's A. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> cheater, cheater. What's for Diener? Yeah, I think we should. I think we could. We could try a new one here. Uh, how is? By the way, how is that science in nature? Um, <laughs> What constellation is known as the water bearer? 
I'm going to go with uh, uh, classic uh, Andromeda. That's I'm going to go with the Big Dipper. Aquarius. Oh. That's what I meant by Andromeda. All right. We're at Batting a Thousand Nights, Jesse. This question for you. What type of steel did Englishman Harry Brarely invent in 1913? Harry Brarely. I'll just say stainless. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, reinforced. Stainless, Jesse. You take the lead with the DeLorean. Uh, <laughs> this question's for me. I need it to tie. What fastener did Whitcomb Judson patent in 1893? I'm going to go with Velcro. I'll say zipper. The zipper, Jesse. You take it. <laughs> oh, that was insult to injury. Yep. What can I say? I like a good I like a good Velcro. Uh, but Jesse, me, you... I'm a zipper man. <laughs> Call me a zipper head because <laughs> of my love of zippers. Jesse, this question's for or this topic's for me because you won the trivia, but I won the war, and uh, and I get to do my second topic, which is going to be YouTube. Mm-hmm. YouTube. Um. So. This week, I sent this to you, Jesse, but I got a heap and helping of nostalgia through probably one of the best YouTube channels I've ever seen in my lifetime. <laughs> I didn't get a chance to look at this. Okay. Well, I'm glad because I need to go through this experience with you, I feel. And All this right. is the Claw Master YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Now, Jesse, can you explain our relationship or, or why we might be interested in the Clawmaster? So Eric and I grew up in a small-ish town. Mm-hmm. It certainly wasn't a bustling metropolis with lots of stuff to do all the time. Right. And very so few there, places open past 10 p.m. Yeah. One of the places that was open 24 hours was, of course, the local Safeway, mm-hmm. which is a grocery store for those of you who are unfamiliar with Safeway. Right. And uh, we would go in and we would buy Jones sodas. Yep. And um, we would partake in the claw machine. Yes. Which is a for I'm sure everyone knows, but it's a it's a sort of a carnival game the, mm. of a glass cube, and you control a crane uh, a claw on sort of a a crane sort of device, and you try and grab toys. Yeah, and you actually got me into the claw machine because is that true? Yeah, because you said that you had been to Safeway, and there were these two dudes there who were like just winning everything. Getting they had a, a veritable Death Star of <laughs> of plushy, uh, cheap uh, uh, toys, and you had spoken to them because they told you the secret, which was the five second rule. You what? Till- Were you not with me for the five second roll? No, no, no. You, you, you imparted that wisdom on me later. Oh God! Which, I thought you were there. Which apparently on a sugar loaf crane <laughs> machine, claw machine, uh, if you wait till five seconds, the claw goes down further than on any other time. Yeah, it wasn't just two dudes. Okay. In fact, it was just one dude. Okay. Who was in town for the carnival? Yeah, so he's a carny. He was a carny, yeah. and he had a big shopping bag full of toys that he was winning, and he told me, never never go before five seconds, because if you wait till five seconds and then 
you know, press the button for the claw to go down, it has extra strength. <laughs> which is almost certainly bullshit. Yeah, I think that you just, if you take your time, you have a better chance of getting it. I think nope. that's probably oh, it's it. The extra strength. Okay, we need to myth bust this. Yeah. So, anyway, this is what Jesse and I would do on, on many a Friday night. Is go down to Safeway, spend a couple of dollars. I had a freaking collection of these yeah. things. Uh, my first baby be- for one. What? Creepy baby? Yeah. Yeah, so this is all part of the claw machine culture is that you ha- you name the things and and now claw machines are all mar- it's all just marketing mumbo jumbo. You got your <laughs> Ghostbusters and Yeah, your- there's Marvel Avengers. Avengers and your Stewie Griffins and it's like all Tahoe just Tahoe baseball caps. Yeah, and they've just sold out, right? But when we were kids, there were people who made these things and they were not named brand anything. No. Like, my first one was one that I named Nolan's Joe, because yeah. he was a yellow crawfish, and he was the first one I ever got. And I, I still remember Nolan's Joe. I vividly remember that. Yeah, Nolan's Joe was, like, my favorite thing ever for a while. Well, tell the, uh, the entire Nolan's Joe experience. <laughs> well, so the first rule of Claw Machine is that you can't be... Uh, Don't go for you what right. you want. Go, go for, for what you can get. get. Yeah, Claws can't be choosers. That's rule number one. So, but Knowledge Joe was just sitting up on top. Yeah. Yellow, Lobster Man, beautiful, and also very spindly. Like, he's, there's not a lot of girth to Knowledge Joe, but he's long and lean, <laughs> which is exactly what you want out of a uh, Sugarloaf guy. So, I think I spent about $2.50. I think it took me a few tries. But I finally got Knowledge Joe, and then he became my own personal mascot. But you're, okay, you're forgetting part of the story. I am. Which is where we got Knowledge Joe. Right. We're super excited, (laughs) and we run out into the parking lot, and apropos of nothing, in a red convertible, these two gals, like our age, roll up. Dude, that's totally true. That's totally true. And see us, or like, Hey guys, what's up? And <laughs> Eric lifts up the 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 cr- stuffed crawfish and goes, "Knowledge Joe!" <laughs> and they just peel out, drive off. <laughs> we were all hyped up on adrenaline and Mountain Dew and probably Taco Bell and Joe's soda, and we totally scared them off. Yeah, that totally happened. I never, never, never in my entire high school career ever. was there ever a moment where no. any sort of woman ever right. like approached me right. and was like, what's up? This <laughs> Until was, then. This was the and, moment. This was like the high school movie moment. In the, and they were driving like a nice red convertible. Right. And totally <laughs> just creeped them off. They like peeled out. <laughs> we're like, fuck this. Fuck these weirdos. Oh man, they were cruising for navy dudes. You know it. So, so yeah, so that was uh, that was the origin uh, of knowledge, Joe. So anyway, regardless, there's rules to this culture. There's there's uh, there's names to this culture. You have to name the things. We got creepy baby doll because she was the only one we could get, and then we tied her to the front of someone's Levi's truck. Yeah, it was the it was the Bronco. Yeah. Uh, so weird stuff. We tied it to the front of it, of the Bronco, right? With the uh, shoestring that you had wrapped around your wallet because you were breaking it in. <laughs> I remember that detail. 
But then we tied it to my dog's dog run also. <laughs> we got to my parents' house. So it was just dangling from my dog's dog run, like zipping back and forth as he ran across the yard for weeks. We Oh, for weeks? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. For a long time. It was just the whole thing of like, you know, we were following the rules. Get what you can get, not what you want. But the only thing we could get was this creepy doll. What was great about Creepy Baby, though, was when we got it, it was face down. Right. And then, you know, you, you grab it and it goes in into the chute. We, we're like all ecstatic about it. And then we we pull it out and it's got this creepy plastic baby face. And we all are like, <laughs> Yeah, it was very, that's the thing about Creepy Baby. Seriously creepy. Super, super creepy. Super seriously creepy. So anyway... This whole culture has been resurrected now on this YouTube channel. Oh, that's awesome. Which is called Clawmaster. And they actually put together what they call a movie, and I'm putting that in quotation marks for the people who can't see at home. Uh, Man vs. Claw. They put together three hours of claw machine footage. Wow. And I just want to play you some, uh, just a little bit of audio, because it really does embody... What it's like to be a high schooler playing crane machines for fun at Safeway. So here we go. Then I don't know. He's, he's getting the claw over. Yeah. That... <laughs> I go right there actually, because then it's gonna go in front of its nose. Yeah. There you go. No. Come... Oh shoot. <laughs> Get that doggy. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, dude. You know how it's funny how I said that Star Trek might be gettable. He actually might be gettable. <laughs> gettable. Um, I might get some more change. Oh, that's got him. That's got him. Scooby, you got. Oh, frick me through the butthole. Yeah. Frick me through the butthole. Sorry, they're like next to the ice machine. Yeah, did you, Tasha? (laughs) Tasha and I, when we were working together, we got really into the claw machine at the Fred Meyer because we go to the Fred Meyer for lunch, right? At work and do the salad bar. We did the claw machine. We won like, we won probably like five or six toys out of that. We just scattered them around our workplace. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Is like it's it's so the adrenaline rush. Yeah. It's when a it real happens. communal thing, too, because you'll put, yeah. like, 50 cents in, and it's like, all right, let me try it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's fun. It's like, what can I get? I think Star Trek might be gettable. Yeah. Hey, remember, remember earlier when I said Star Trek might be gettable? It actually might be gettable now. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, people think this is impossible, but it's actually very possible to do this. Like, it's, I mean, the main rule is you got to get what you can get, not what you want. If it was impossible, like... They wouldn't exist. Right. They have to be possible so that people actually will spend money on them. Well, so uh, a couple PAXs ago, they have this thing at PAX called the Omegathon, and it's like this video game tournament that they do during PAX. It's pretty cool. Uh, and they just pick random PAX goers to be a part of this. The Omegathon final a couple of years ago was a crane machine. A claw oh, machine. was it? If, the, if I was in the Omegathon and that thing 
unveiled, I would be the most ecstatic person I've ever been in my lifetime. <laughs> I would explode. Uh, I'd be the end of Transformers 4. It would be awesome. <laughs> uh, that's how much I love crane machines. So, Jesse, next time there's a crane machine around, we're going to crane. It's fucking crane, man. It's crane. We call, I call it crane machine. I know claw machine is very... It's another, crane claw. I call it crane machine. I think I call it claw. Yeah. I don't know if there's a claw in Port Townsend. Well, the thing is, I really only like to do Sugarloaf, but I'm willing to branch out. Because <laughs> Sugarloaf claw machines are kind of the best. Those are my favorite, too. It's just what I'm comfortable with. Exactly. It's a, it's a comfort thing. It's definitely it's, a comfort zone. It's a home field sort of feeling. <laughs> so anyway, that's claw machines. If you have a claw machine story, please send it to us, personalarguments at gmail.com. Jesse, what's your secotapo? You talked about uh, YouTube. I'm going to talk about Facebook. F -f -f Facebook. Ding. F -f 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 Facebook. Yep. You did like a Nat Geo thing there. Okay. So the authors of a controversial Facebook study are apologizing <laughs> after an effort to see if emotional states are contagious. Uh, that study has caused Quester over the weekend. Have you heard about this? No. The study? So, in 2012, Facebook did a study um, that involved over 700,000 users where they altered the results of the, uh, the stuff on their Facebook page, right? Okay. On their feed. Okay. And they wanted to see what would happen if we gave certain people negative stuff on their feed mm -hmm. and if we gave people positive stuff on their feed, if uh, the negative people would react and post negative stuff and if the positive people would react and post positive stuff it turns out that they did okay so um people are kind of pissed off <laughs> <laughs> so this is a that... social experiment that happened through live facebook yeah wow people are mad at facebook for basically conducting a study on them and affecting their moods oh because they God. did and that's what the study found was that yes we can <sighs> affect your mood and yes we can influence you to uh post negative emotions on facebook if what you're seeing on your feed are negative you know things this is this is pretty interesting Mm -hmm. Like, you could have, like, a whole thing, like, the government being like, okay, Facebook, we need a happy week. Yeah, totally. It, it, I mean, it, it stinks of uh, Big Brother, just like my hands stink of tart tart uh, working gloves. You got it. So, during a brief period two years ago, Facebook altered the content that showed up on certain users' news feeds to con control the portion of posts that contained words with positive or negatively charged emotions. Okay. By looking at a week's worth of data, researchers at Facebook found that emotions expressed by friends via online social networks influence our own moods, constituting, to our knowledge, the first experimental evidence for massive-scale emotional contagion via social networks and providing support for previously contested claims that emotions spread via contagion through a network. Yeah. So you can do you can drop an emotion bomb through facebook has been proven that's pretty interesting and like you're saying like if the government was like we need people to be a little bit more chipper right now mark sucky <laughs> here's yeah. an extra bilzo yeah for your bank fold yeah take it and um 
uh, all of a sudden America's super happy because of Facebook because this is just how the world works right now. <laughs> the, so the main thing I have that I'm a bit uh, that I'm a bit perturbed about about this article is not that Facebook agreed to do the ex- experiment; it's that people are mad about it. And maybe maybe I should not get this worked up about it, but I don't. Like, I don't, like, Facebook is not your email. It's like, Facebook right. is what you no, do. It's I, a game, I agree dude. completely. Facebook- it's a website that you decide to go to and post stuff to. Right. Like, this, Facebook is not a private space. Exactly. It's it- not a private space. As, as much as you'd like it to be, it's not at all. And, and it's, it's, it's a gamified experience. You post something and you get points. Yeah. It's gamified, and we've we've discussed the little red uh, box condition yeah. where you you log on to Facebook and you see you know how many notifications you have, and you get a dopamine rush off of that. Yes, and people should be aware of that. And it's definitely going. I mean, it it doesn't surprise me at all. And people are getting upset. <laughs> and I don't know. Again, this is this might fall under the umbrella of i'm not going to get offended by this kind of shit anymore (laughs) right because this is par for the course for something like facebook i don't think they're being malicious either so there's a quote here um adam kramer who works for facebook in some capacity unfortunately i didn't write that down uh the reason we did this research is because we care about the emotional impact of facebook and the people that use our product we felt that it was important to investigate the common worry that seeing friends post positive content leads to people feeling negative or left out. At the same time, we are concerned that exposure to friends' negativity might lead people to avoid visiting Facebook. We didn't clearly state our motivations in the paper. Yeah. So I, I, don't feel re- I don't feel bad about this study at all. So the thing that I love about Facebook, and I don't know if you have a Facebook friend like this. I'm sure that some people out there do. There's this guy who I Facebook friended when I was in going to college in San Diego. I literally might have met this guy like three times. And I don't remember him. I don't know what he looked like. But his posts keep showing up on my timeline. This is like from a decade ago is when I friended this guy. And the reason being, I love to read this guy's posts because they're the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. And he never gets any likes. <laughs> and they all pertain to sports. He just, yeah, he just throws them out there. Yeah, this guy is the king of hyperbole. So let me just read you a couple of these. He's specifically a huge Los Angeles sports fan. So here we go. Awesome. Although the United States lost a heartbreaker, I myself have never been more prouder to be an American. <laughs> Them Yanks are a symbol of what it means to represent the Stars and Stripes with courage, dignity, and honor. Like... Seriously, dude? You've never been prouder? <laughs> I, I love the hyperbole here. Uh, never been a big fan of the Dutch, but have always respected their consistency as one of Europe's soccer elites since Mexico is America's main soccer rival. Really? I didn't know that. I do not want them to continue winning whatsoever. Plus, the manager <laughs> and captain of the Netherlands also happens to be a part of Manchester United, which is my favorite soccer club. So this is just well, he's picked posts. a real obscure soccer club to be a fan of. I've never been the biggest Carmelo Anthony fan. 
<laughs> in the world. But if signing him can make LeBron sign with the Lakers as well as now he's going to opt out of his contract with the Heat, then we would be idiots to not make this happen. Okay, the Lake Show, even with Kobe's ridiculous contract, is one handful of teams that has a cap space that could pull this off if LeBron is interested. Plus, L.A. with its awesome weather and being the second largest city in market country helps. Personally, I think he stays in Miami because the East is so weak. But if he does leave South Beach, it's not going to be to go back to Cleveland or New York or Dallas or Houston. In my opinion, it's going to be L.A. to the purple or gold, or they could sign another superstar like Melo or the Clippers team up with cp3 or blake griffin this is like the every post is that long and that passionate and there are <laughs> zero likes on this page <laughs> i love this guy that's awesome i don't have a facebook friend like that <sighs> if only man i've i've thought about unfriending him because he gets really the, yeah the that's best the thing, thing. i i'm pretty fast and loose with the unfriend well the best thing is when Something bad happened. A lot of good things have been happening in LA lately. The Dodgers are good. The Kings just won the Stanley Cup. But when the when something bad is happening in LA sports, this guy becomes the the most entertaining thing ever. <laughs> so, anyway, I hope everybody has a Facebook friend like my friend Jason, who well, I that who friend, I literally cannot remember. Yeah, exactly. Facebook just put him there. Yeah, that you're part of the study. <laughs> They got you. Yeah, it's true because I do. I looked at my posts just to, uh, just to, just to see the last four posts of mine about sports. <laughs> so maybe they're like, let's see if the sports guy talks more about sports. If more other sports guys are sporting <laughs> on a sport line, mm, that explains why everyone in my, uh, my feed is talking about poop. Mm-hmm. They're like, let's Classic. see if the poop guy. Classic Jesse trope. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, well, this is good, man. You're you're okay with this study, though, right? I'm okay with it. Who gives a shit? It's fucking Facebook. I don't care. <laughs> I think Facebook just got a new tagline. <laughs> uh, speaking of taglines, guys, bald move, the baldest move in in podcasting. Needs wow. work, but baldmove.com, guys, so much stuff happening right now. Orange is the new cast, talking about Orange is the new black. Uh, you got the 24 podcast. You got the Bald Move TV podcast. You got the Because Show. You got uh, Up Yours Downstairs. Guys, if you want a podcast, if you want to listen to a podcast or four or five or nine or 12, there's a million podcasts at baldmove.com. And if you're not there, then you are square, just like Huey Lewis in the news. It's not hip, though. It's bad. So go to baldmove.com and listen to a fucking podcast. The end. Bam, bam. Thank you, Sam. And you can get in touch with us, guys. PersonalArrogance at gmail.com, 360-362-0024 to leave us a voicemail. You can uh, tweet at us at Personal Podcast. You can uh, find us on Facebook at the Personal Arrogance Facebook page and at the Bald Move Facebook page. You can rate and review us on iTunes. You can tell a friend. So many things you could do to get in touch with us. And this show is only richer when your flavor is a part of it. So please, guys, keep in touch. Put your voice on this podcast. It ain't that hard. If you do it, we'll do it. That's the deal. And speaking what, of doing what it. What is that accent you're doing? I don't know. It's generic East Coast? Yeah, something like old Jersey. Old Jersey. Uh, no, that's that's this. this uh, okay, we're done with accents. Let's get to the Facebook roundup. Each week we post on Facebook, say, hey, we're recording tonight. What would you like us to talk about? You tell us. We talk about it. It was liked by Tony. Tony rocks. John says, favorite 
slash must follow subreddits, Jesse? I don't know. I'm phasing out Reddit. You're phasing it out. I'm I'm trying to phase R it out. R slash NFL. Well, during a, the NFL season only. That's the thing is I uh, I called my my Facebook subs. So this is what I have right now: R slash Arkham Horror, R slash Bald Move, R slash Board Games, R slash Gaming, R slash Movies, R slash NFL, and R slash Videos. Those are my only subreddits right now. Homebrewing is good. Homebrewing is good, by the way. Speaking of which, Andrew says, "Do you guys homebrew?" I do. Uh, if you do, got any good summer beer recipes? Uh, do a ginger beer. Is that a real beer? Yes. Okay. And the definitive answer is definitive. Uh, John <laughs> says, also, I'm wondering your favorite vacation destinations or places you would want to visit. I've been talking with my girlfriend and trying to nail down some good places for vacations. I I, I got to go Hawaii. I'm a, I'm a Hawaii dude. Mm. Just because I personally love Maui, but any island is good other than Oahu, because it's so close to the West Coast, which John O'Brien does not live on. Yeah. It's warm every time of the year, and you get some palm trees. Sometimes it's hot. I don't mind hot. Uh, I'm not one of these Washingtonian, I don't like it when it's hot guys. Uh, so I'm like it hot, and I like it hot. That's where I go. I want to go to Belgium. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I want to go to Belgium so bad it hurts. I also want to go to Italy, a.k.a. Rome. Well, if we're going to... And go- I want to go to Ireland. <laughs> I think I think when people ask for good vacation spots, they usually ask for places you've been, though. Because like, we're going pie in the sky. I want to go to no, Japan. ask for places you want to go to. Okay. Oh, I want to go to Japan. I want to go to Japan, too. I want to go to Australia, Jesse. I know you've never been, but... Uh... <laughs> I mean, Australia's pretty awesome. It's too overrated. Yeah. Uh, I want to go to Sweden and to the Netherlands. Those are like my top two European countries. Um, yeah, Netherlands would be fine. I'd rather go to Belgium. And in terms of uh, continental United States, I would actually really love to go. And, and, and stay with me on this one, Jesse. Bronson, okay. Missouri. <laughs> I, I think I would have a lot of fun there. I feel like I would have a blast in Bronson, Missouri. And you know what? Maybe so the next weird. buybacks should be Bronson, Missouri. Oh my god, we should go, We could dude. go see Yakov Smirnoff perform yes! live. Oh my That'd god. That'd be so dope. <laughs> it would be so awesome to go to Bronson, Missouri for the next buybacks. Oh my god. I am on board. Yes. That would be freaking awesome, dude. All right, Bronson, Missouri it is, John. Let you us know, know how I it also want to go to St. Louis. At one point, one yeah. of our listeners wrote yeah. in and told us about all the cool stuff you can do in St. Louis, yeah, and I want to go. He's from St. Louis. There you go. And he could come down to Bipex. So. <laughs> and Bronson. Anyway, John, it's Bronson, Missouri, so go and let us know how it is. <laughs> Scope it out for us, give us a report, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and get back. All right. Brandon says, would you guys do a Kickstarter to fly to Germany and stay a couple days to do a podcast with Dennis Kleinbeck? Fuck and, yes. And if so, what are some ideas for donation prizes? A thin $100 gets a podcast named after you and five dollar and five grand, and that person can go to ten grand, and you stop in that person's city to do a podcast with them. I would pay a good amount to get you guys there. I'm a firefighter, so a good amount is like $50. Oh, bummer. Speaking of Kickstarters, we're going to have a Kickstarter at some point. Are we? Yeah. Eh. We'll do I'll it. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, it's one of those things. 
It's it's an it's in the idea phase. We did shoot a Kickstarter video like a year ago. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll be fully retired by then. Yeah, it'll just be sweet, sweet uh, retirement cash. Uh, James, That's how that works. James says, surely you've seen that new that Hasbro accidentally leaked the Star Wars movie plans for the next few years. I did not see that. And, uh, frankly, uh, I, I would not want to know anyway. I'm trying to stay away from all Star Wars spoilers. Spoilers are too spoiled, guys. Let's just, let's just enjoy a movie like we did back in 1988. Uh, Justin says, I see you're a fan of Saga. Are you reading anything else and or what's your favorite? Saga is my favorite, and I'm not reading anything else other than, like, Batman. Scott Snyder's Batman from the New 52. So... I really like Saga, though. If you haven't read Saga, it's a comic book, and it's really... It's probably one of my favorite things in fiction right now, in all of fiction, including TV and movies, so... And I know I've been really facetious all night, but that is not a facetious statement. Uh, Jim says, best beer for 2014 camping season, a newish brewery out of San Diego called Modern Times. Has some great offerings in 16-ounce cans. Their coffee stout is perfect for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. What are your top picks and do you can or bottle? Jesse, this is right up your alley, buddy. Camping beer, can or bottle, what is it? Well, if you're asking do I can or bottle, I only bottle, I don't can anything. Well, uh, when I went camping, I, t- I, I bought an 18-pack uh, can thingy of Rainier's. Yeah. And I bought a couple of 22s. I bought a uh, Widmere IPA. Oh, I bought the Two Beers IPA, which is really good. Yeah. It's Evo IPA, I think, is what it's called. Okay. So that's why I took camping. Yeah, I took a 12-pack of bottles of Twilight Summer Ale. And, uh, <laughs> you bought them. You drove to Forks to buy it. And then exactly. You, <laughs> then you drove the opposite direction and went to Mount St. Helens. <laughs> I didn't even realize that. Yeah, Twilight Summerail. No, yeah, Twilight Summerail, though, from Deschutes Brewing Company. That's a standby. I also really like uh, the Freeride APA from Alaska Brewing Company. Yeah, um, you're into that. Yeah, that's one of my standbys. And uh, and as far as cans go, the Good Life Sweet As oh, in the can. Oh, so good. You're not going to get much better than that. Man, so. they are blowing uh-huh. Dude, Good Life Brewing Company out of Bend, Oregon is they're quickly climbing up the ladder of my favorite breweries. Oh, they're way up there for me, man. Yeah. Way so, up there. Check that before you wreck that. Uh, Michael says, personal it's Fantasy Football League. We should do it where everyone puts a $20 random piece of nerd paraphernalia in the kitty for prize for the winner. Thoughts? I like the idea, dude, but it's just so hard to... It's just so hard to, to to actually. We can't even put a Kickstarter together. <laughs> I like the I like the nerd I like the nerd uh, paraphernalia, but it's just a little difficult if we're not all in the same place. Yeah, Look, that I mean, mail it. Everyone mail it to Eric, right? And then Eric will mail it to the winner. <laughs> like that's kind of. I like the sentiment, though. I like the idea of, of trying to do something a little bigger with this. Um, but we will be having a fantasy, fantastic fantasy football league. Jesse, I don't know if you're going to be doing it this year, are you? I'm not interested. I don't like it. Okay. Well, I'll be doing it. I'm sure Aaron, last year's champion, will do it as well. Uh, so look <laughs> for that. Peyton Manning. <laughs> <laughs> look for that this coming is why soon. Pe- what? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Uh, Josh says, what are your thoughts on what happens to us after we die? The same thing that happened to us before we were born. That's a pretty good theory. 
I figure, yeah, it's either going to be Infinite Darkness or not. One of those two. It's not Infinite Darkness for sure. Okay. <laughs> I uh, can guarantee you that. Because <laughs> that would be a fate worse than death. No, that's it. Okay, so we were in this cave. I know I've talked about this cave a few times, but the cave, there's no sources of light. So it's pitch black. I know. It's a cave. Yeah. And it's I like a sad cave. And it's a mile long. And like for a lot of the cave we were kind of by ourselves. There weren't a lot of people in the cave. So like we stopped and I was like, All right, Lid, let's let's turn off our lights. So we turn off our lights and it is pitch black. And we kept our lights off for about a minute. And you have your eyes open, and your eyes just see nothing but blackness, and they never adjust. So it's basically like being blind. Like, your eyes are open, but you can't see anything. And I'm, like, waving my hand, like, an inch in front of my face. I don't see anything. And then after about a minute, it got super eerie, because it goes from you feeling like you're in a cave to you feeling like you're in an infinite black space. And uh, so anyway, it's either that or not. <laughs> It's a 50-50 chance. Yep. And then finally, John says, happy 201st episode and a heart. Yeah. A heart Aww. from John. All right, Jesse, let's get to do some recos and call it a cast. What do you say? Let us. What's your first reco? My first reco, it came up earlier. Mm-hmm. Nathan, for you, man. Right. I was, I've been re-watching the show because the new season just started airing. Mm-hmm. So you can watch, uh, you can watch season one on Hulu.com or on ComedyCentral.com, which is CC.com. Right. And I watch this show. I, I don't know what it is. It's like tailor made for me because I, I do love like the Gordon Ramsay shows. Right. Yeah. And I love. Um, it's an absolutely production, so I love Tim and Eric and exactly. stuff. Yep. It, it's like someone perfectly crafted a show for me the entire time i'm watching it i have just the stupidest grin across my face and i'm (laughs) giggling like a stone teenager even though i'm like sober as a not stoned teenager nice so man i love that show so much nathan for you it's so funny so funny (laughs) and speaking of crafting uh i want to i want to pimp do a little pimp in here the HP Pubcraft Love Crawl second annual is going to be going down. I forgot to mention this in last week's episode, but hey, it, this is a Pubcraft, or sorry, it's a pub crawl <laughs> that I organized, and Jesse's helped me out a lot this year with the gamified elements of it. But it's a gamified pub crawl through the streets of Ballard, coincides with PAX. It's going to be occurring on uh, Saturday, August thirtieth. If you are in the Seattle area and you listen to this podcast, you better be at this damn thing. Because you you're going to have me, you're going to have Jesse, you're going to have Aaron, you're going to have Jim, you're going to have Rocky Mountain Correspondent Levi. We're all going to be there. It's with- sort of a bald move. Um, yeah. Like, if you're a fan of the Almost. Bald Move Network, we're, uh, we're there. Plus, all of our wives will be there this year, too. Which is kind yeah. of crazy. Except which is even Levi's better. Wife. And technically, Aaron isn't married. But That's true. Significant of- Jesse and my wives will be there. <laughs> so that'll be it's gonna be so cool man and it's like i said it's lovecraft themed it's a gamified experience everybody assumes role there's hidden identities there's drinking there's raffles hidden loyalties there's hidden loyalties there's prizes it's gonna be a fucking blast there's a video up right now just search hp pubcraft love crawl on youtube you can see the video from last year and you can buy your tickets at pubcraft love they're only going to gouge you for a cool five bucks. 
$5 ticket gets you into the pub crawl and gets you into this really fun experience. And uh, tickets are going fast. So go there, pubcraftlovecrawl.eventbrite.com. Get your tickets. And seriously, if you're in the Seattle area or Portland even, drive up. It's going to be a blast. And all of Bald Move is going to be there. So do it. HB Pubcraft Love Crawl. Do it. But not all of Bald Move. Almost. There's oh, yeah. I'm some, sorry. Some of it. The du- The dudes... All of the dudes who are named Aaron and Jim and Eric and Jesse <laughs> will definitely and be Rocky there. Rocky Mountain correspondent Levi. Right. So do Our it. Our bald mover. Seco Reco. Seco Reco is rosavinapottery.etsy.com. This site is blowing up. Mm-hmm. My wife is making all sorts of cool pots right now, custom orders for weddings and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's off the hizzy. So maybe you want some wedding favors. Maybe you want 12 pots. Like someone just did. Yeah, yeah. And you got that sweet, sweet squirrelhead spin on it. Do, Do it. it. Rosavinapottery.etsy.com. It helps me out so that I can pay my power bill. Jesse, are we becoming moguls? No. Okay. I'm broke as fuck. I, I said becoming moguls. Yeah. I'm going to reserve mm-hmm. even re- referring to myself as a burgeoning mogul until I have like a tiny bit of money. Oh, no, 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 no. By by mogul, I mean a snowy bump that is run over by a skier called Life. I do feel like I'm being run over time and time again, so yes. Okay. And the Icy Blades of Fate land yeah. again. Uh, but finally, my last one. It's going to be another show you can watch it on Hulu, Drunk History. It's a nice compendium. Is it good? I watch it, man. I watch the YouTube series, and uh, that's kind of the worst. Ad- that was a bad endorsement, wasn't it? Is it good? I watch it. <laughs> I watch it a little bit. So, but uh, yeah, it's good. And it's about history and there's a lot of good cameos and it's about drunk people. And it makes you, the best thing about the show is it makes you want to get drunk and talk about history, which I know is one of your favorite hobbies, Jesse. I know. I accidentally uh, spouted off to you last time I saw you like way too much about World War One. World War Two. Yeah. And by the way, it made me want to do a podcast about it. I'm too busy. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe in the future. But until then, guys, thank you for joining us for episode 201 of the Personal Arrogance Podcast. We're a long way to 300, but we're very close to two. So remember that wherever you go, <laughs> whatever you do, please stay, stay arrogant. arrogant.